The Stoic Jew podcast content for the month of May has been made possible by Dan Horowitz, who has graciously taken up my experimental request for an accountability sponsorship in hopes that this will result in more Stoic Jew content. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is an excerpt from Seneca's letter number one on using and wasting time, which we read in its entirety uh, in yesterday's episode. Uh, The excerpt is as follows. What fools these mortals be? They allow the cheapest and most useless things, which can easily be replaced, to be charged in the reckoning after they have acquired them. But they never regard themselves as in debt when they have received some of that precious commodity, time. And yet time is the one loan which even a grateful recipient cannot pay. Okay, so um, the the shot here is very simple, right? <laughs> which is that um, that people are uh, get all up in arms about uh, about commodities that can be repaid or restored, but then time, which you cannot get back no matter what, uh, and which once it's lost is lost forever, that's something that we just don't care about. So it's a irrational, uh, irrational, that's why he calls us foolish, right? That uh, foolish mortals. So um, I've mentioned in the past that the purpose of these podcasts is not so much um, uh, commentary or textual analysis. Um, with the aim of, of uncovering what the author intended, but rather these should be viewed as uh, musings or meditations. So wherever my mind leads me, that's where we're going to go. And uh, when I read this, for some reason, my mind led me to uh, to a passage in Sadia Gaon, in Amunos Videos. Um, so this is in the intro to Amunos Videos when he's talking about uh, why human beings have doubts and uncertainties. And his main, uh, I'm not going to read the entire uh, chapter there, but his main... Um, argument is that uh, doubts and uncertainties are a necessary part of the learning process, that you start off with no knowledge and you progress in various stages uh, until you attain knowledge. And in the interim, you're going to go through stages of doubt and uncertainty and, uh, and, and error. So at the end of this, though, he says something here, uh, which is a little bit of a rebuke. He says, in fact, it is untenable that a single act on his part, meaning on man's part, should instantaneously remove all uncertainties. That would constitute a deviation from the law governing all creatures, and he is, after all, a created being. Furthermore, if a person does refrain from assigning this failing of his to his master, to God, yet desires that God endow him with a knowledge free from all uncertainty, such a one asks that his maker make him his equal. For, as we shall explain in what follows, he who is capable of knowledge without depending upon a cause is none other than the creator of the universe, blessed and hallowed be he. So, in other words, uh, since since uh, having doubts and uncertainties is uh, a necessary part of, of, of progressing from ignorance to knowledge, um, and, uh, and since the only being who can instantaneously, so to speak, get knowledge without passing through those stages is God, so then if you are mad about the fact that you're in a state where you have doubts and uncertainties in any area, and you just want instantaneous knowledge, so then you're basically asking to be God, <laughs> okay? Uh, in other words, you're really asking, again, like he says, you know, because you are a, a created being, and therefore you exist in time, so then you uh, you must go through these, uh, these, these gradual phases. And if you want to bypass them, then you're essentially asking to be outside of time in the way that God wants to be out of, outside of, uh, that God is outside of time. So I was reminded of this because Seneca is calling us foolish mortals for not being cognizant of our waste of time. And, and it, it just reminded me of this fact that like, what's, you know, if you look at the, at our, our wasting of time from a, um, 
psychologically metaphysical standpoint, I guess, what is it predicated upon? It's predicated on the fact that we want to view ourselves as not being bound by time. I mean, the fact that we are not aware of our limited amount of time and uh, and how much we're wasting, it's we're living as though we're going to live forever, you know? Um, so, uh, and there's only one one being who is outside of time and that's, uh, that's Hashem. So, uh, that's why I was reminded of that. Okay. But then I thought of another passage, I guess, once my mind was in Sadiq on, I thought of another passage from Sadiq on, and this one, this one's, uh, might be opening up a little bit of a, uh, philosophical can of worms here, but, um, the line in Seneca where he says that, uh, yet time is the one loan, which even a grateful recipient cannot repay. So that led me to associate to Sadigon in Amunos Videos 2.13, uh, when he's talking about the notion of God doing the impossible, okay? Um, and I, I, again, I realize that this is a, a philosophical can of worms. I'm just going to read it, okay? And we're not going to dwell on the point for its own sake, but we're going to harness it for our purposes here. So Sadigon says, The soul lauds and praises God justly and uprightly, not by attributing to him absurdities and nonsense. One should not therefore praise him, praise God, for making five to be more than ten without adding anything to the former, nor should one praise him for being able to put the earth through the hole of a ring without making the one narrower or the one wider, nor for being able to bring back yesterday once it has already gone by, for all these things are impossible. Of course, certain heretics often ask us about such matters, and we do indeed answer them that be, that God is able to do anything. This thing, however, that they ask of him is not quote unquote anything because it is impossible and the impossible is not is nothing it is therefore as though they were to ask is god capable of doing what is nothing for that is what they are truly asking okay so Sadigan's point here is that um that people like to be able to say that god can do everything and in a certain sense then that's true um but the there uh, there are limitations to the types of statements we can make and these have to do with things that are impossible so he gives three examples first example is a mathematical example making uh it is impossible to make five to be more than ten without adding anything to five okay that's a mathematical impossibility and uh I, I guess the more familiar example of this is a square circle uh which is a geometric impossibility is that if, if a circle has no angles and a square has you know four right angles and whatever you define a square, you cannot have something which is both, which both has angles and does not have angles. So if you were to say, can God make a square circle? Since square circle is an absurdity, you're essentially asking, can God do nothing? To which the answer is, or is can, yeah, meaning can God do anything? Yes. Can God make a square circle? No, because square circles are impossible. So that's one of his examples. Second example is has to do with physical impossibilities that even miracles cannot get around. So in other words, um, obviously we hold that God can manipulate the laws of nature because he, uh, he, he created them. But God cannot make the earth go through the whole of a ring uh, without making either the earth smaller or the ring bigger. Okay, so you can think about that one. And then the third example, which is the, I think the most difficult for us to wrap our minds around, is God cannot bring back yesterday once it is already gone, uh, because that's an impossibility. Okay, now, the reason why this is a harder to, example to think about is that has to do with what is time, you know? But what he's saying, I and mean, we cannot deny what he's saying, we can argue with it, but we can't deny the fact that he holds it, is God cannot bring back Time. He can't go back in time, or he can't make us go back in time. Okay. Uh, why that is, I, I don't even know. But what I thought of based on the Seneca is Seneca says that even the most generous 
even the most grateful recipient cannot repay lost time. And then he chastised us for for viewing ourselves as outside of time, which is what I was saying is basically you want to be God, okay, if you think that you can just waste infinite time. And then I had this third realization based on this side you go on, which is that if you feel like you can get back lost time, not even God can do that, according to Sadiqon. So it's one thing to view yourself as to, to, to view yourself as equal to God, but it's another thing to view yourself as greater than God. Now, again, I'm not saying that anytime we waste time, then we are, you know, consciously guilty of this philosophical absurdity of um of like, you know, viewing ourselves as greater than God. But Again, on a psychological metaphysical level, in other words, if we take our psychological um, mindset and translate that into metaphysical terms, you know, saying, for example, I, I have an unlimited amount of time. If we take that feeling and we translate it into metaphysical terms, so you're going to either you're going to get to the metaphysical premise of I am immortal or I am outside of time. And if you feel like you can somehow get back the time that you've squandered, then and you translate that into metaphysical terms, then you're basically saying... I can bring back lost time and not even God can do that. So I don't know. Those are my musings for today. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know if that's going to have uh, meaning for, for anyone, but I, I, uh, I certainly, uh, <laughs> it certainly was an interesting angle. Uh, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more to our content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening. And thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.